Timberwolves, the podcast, a raucous caucus of a show. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to episode 15. It's going down. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. If I get my low voice on, I'm a little sick this week. Oh, Scott, everyone, please cough. give, please send your podcast sympathies out to Scott. He's uh, he's under the weather right now. He, he missed work the last two days, and now he's got to talk into a microphone. And like any <laughs> self-respecting NBA podcaster... Who tries to do a pod sick? I have to call this my flu game. Oh. <laughs> I always got to reference that. This is the flu game, and uh, just like the flu game, we will win. Yep, we, I, we will win this. I'm gonna uh, <laughs> Neil's gonna be my Scotty Pippen. He, Neil's gonna be Scott tonight. That's right. We're and gonna I'm get, gonna be Michael. We're gonna have a good picture of uh, me just you know walking you off the court, making sure you can still stand. It's <laughs> right. all good. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We have uh, we're gonna talk about Timberwolves, of course. We have mailbag, better know an old school wolf power rankings, and a game for you. Lots of things to get to. Um, but first, Scott, we have some some aftermath of the trade deadline to talk about. Plenty going on this week. The Wolves were very quiet at the trade deadline, but have been very busy ever since. Lots of things happening. Well, let's talk about our uh, our former Wolves now. Wolves yes. who are no longer with us, but will be remembered forever. <laughs> I think we talked about Andre a little bit last week because yeah. we were talking about how he might... Go down as being most remembered for being the guy who lobbed Zach Levine the dunk in the slam dunk contest. But yeah. we're happy he's with His the Spurs. Best Wolves moment. Um, I think, you know, losing Andre, I, we talked about a little bit last week, it's not as impactful because, you know, he wasn't getting that many minutes anyways. And, you know, Tyus is now getting some run. Yep. Uh, much bigger is that it's finally been done. We've been talking about it all season, it seems like. Kevin Martin, no longer a Timberwolf. Yeah, there it is. It's, uh, you know, I think for the last like almost like three years, I feel like the trade deadline is kind of he's been the name that's been talked about. And even this year didn't get moved. Uh, but they did, uh, you know, figure out a buyout agreement with Kevin Martin. Um, last year was because he was injured. He never really yeah. came back in time because he hurt. He broke right. his wrist playing against the Knicks, uh-huh. scoring thirty-seven points. Yeah, so we had talked about you know him, you know pumping up his trade value, trying to figure out who might want him. He's been nobody wanted this year. him. Nobody wanted to, to give up anything for him. But like, I think he owes Ty Lawson a gift basket for being so bad. No one's noticed how bad Kevin Martin's been playing uh-huh. because it's just like. These are players that you thought had some value coming into the season. Like uh-huh. we're gonna let Kmart play for a few months, and then we're gonna trade him for something, maybe just a second round pick. I mean, we were very <laughs> modest in our asking yeah, price. Yeah, we weren't like, asking for much. We just wanted a second round pick out of it. Apparently, not even that. Anything. Some of it, I think, comes down to uh, you know his agent, his contract. We're not gonna trade him to a bad team in a situation he doesn't want to be in. Yeah, it seemed like both sides wanted the buyout to happen, but there was a little bluffing going on on both sides right. because. You know, if, if Taylor is going to do the buyout, he wants Kevin Martin to take a low price buyout. And then Kmart obviously is going to say, well, I have this $7 million option for next year, and I could just do that and stick around. Right. And so it was kind of a lot of bluffing, like, oh, well, we always have room for veteran leadership and shooting on our team. And, you know, exactly. it's funny to see it go to the 11th hour like that. Yeah, Sean Marks over at Yahoo reporting that uh, the deal uh, basically comes out to about half of what Martin was owed for next season is is what he's actually going to get. So the team saves about four million, um, you know, on the books for next year. So that's nice. That's, yeah, we can use a stretch provision, I think, to stretch it over a couple years yeah. on the cap. And really, with the cap exploding and being able to stretch that, it's really minuscule. Yeah, totally. And 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 you know, Kevin Martin, you know, even though he's gone now, and even though the team wasn't very good when he was here. He might be the best or the second best shooting guard in Timberwolves franchise history. That's very true. Uh, he was, uh, you know, I, you know, I was, you know, reading some, you know, some Twitter saying, you know, 
Kevin Martin might have also been the biggest free agency signing for the Timberwolves in quite shocked. so many years. I, I was shocked when he came here. We, we talked about it at the time, uh, if we had a podcast, we'd have talked about it on the <laughs> podcast. But Eric, it, gave, uh, it gave us the feeling of being like a legitimate team, like a real player if we yeah. could land a free agent. <laughs> exactly. He wanted to come here. He wanted to play for, for Coach Adelman, and you know, Flip brought him in. That first year was a lot of fun. I was thinking about that. That year, the other day, Rick Adelman's last year, and ultimately it was disappointing because we didn't make the playoffs. But yeah. I was thinking, like, has, has this Timberwolves season been the most fun Timberwolves season since when? And I was like, well, probably since that year. I had a lot of fun that year. There was a lot of games where we were up by, like, 70 to, like, 40 at the end of the first half, and we had blown <laughs> teams out. And, like, sometimes those teams came back and beat us, and that sucked. Uh-huh. But, like, a lot of those games, we just blew out a team by halftime with raining three-pointers, and then it was, like, a garbage-time second half. Yeah. It was a really fun season. Yeah, totally. I, li- I like those years. The You know, the years when we were trying to make the playoffs with Kevin Love, you know, bring in a vet like Kevin Martin. Um, and then once we shifted from, you know, that playoff run with Adelman, like, Kevin Martin was stuck in a situation he didn't sign up to be in. Yeah. He signed up to play with Adelman and Love and play for a playoff team, and he ended up playing babysitter to the rebuilding New Look Wolves one year later. So, you know, I get it from his side of it, uh, you know, how that might be disappointing. I also think we've watched the league pass him by in a lot of ways. I remember sure. when we were going to Timberwolves games and he was playing for the Rockets. You really wanted us to trade for him because <laughs> you were a big Kmart fan, but he was a scoring leader in the league at that time. Yeah, in his prime. And... It just like the refs wised up to his ways over time. It just seemed like the refs got it. They're really like, dried up recently. Yeah, he used to live at, in feast. He used to be James Harden at the free throw line, and now the refs just see right through him. And if he's not getting those calls and he's still trying to get them, it's just really tough to watch. Yeah, it's a problem when he's leaping into people multiple times a game and maybe only getting the call once or so. And so, yeah, he's you know he's definitely on the downside of his career, but uh, lots of lots of smoke around the fact that the Spurs might also sign him. Uh, we'll see if that's the case, or I'm sure it'll be some playoff team, maybe Atlanta, maybe Dallas. Um, but Kevin Martin. Uh, thanks for your time here. Appreciate it. Thanks Appreciate for- you putting up with the young youngsters the last two years. Oh you man, know, he, I mean that's cool too. I mean he could have raised more of a stink than he did. I think it was kind of known that this wasn't ideal for him. Right. But I also appreciate the fact that he didn't become a problem. <laughs> you know, we've seen that around the league yeah. too, where guys are a problem when they're in the position they don't want to be in. Well, so he had to keep his eye on his next contract. No one yeah. wants to deal with a problem player. Shout out to Kevin Martin. And man, thanks. I will always remember Kevin Martin's like turnstile defense. There is some. Tr- Truly legendary moments of like him just stepping to the side. Yeah, getting out of the way. The matador defense. So, um, our, our um, should we should we talk about how our current lineup um, currently is bobbleheads, Scott? This is great. <laughs> it's like they were thinking ahead when they ordered all these bobbleheads at the beginning of the season because yeah, now our starting know. lineup, maybe our best five man lineup, actually. We should have known. We should have known when there was the bobbleheads. I mean, how we it's talked. Be. There was a would you rather earlier in the season where we just said would you rather trade Shabazz or Gorgie? Yeah. And I said Shabazz isn't getting a bobblehead Neil for a reason. It's because they're You're seeing right. the future of the team. And it has Gorgie Jane on it. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Boz, that's who I thought would maybe be the, you know, get a little get a little run at starting lineup two to start the season or to end the season type of move. Now it's Levine that's in that role. Um there. Yeah, and I think it's really interchangeable. I think if I mean Shabazz has had a rough week. Um, he hasn't been playing very well, but once if there's a week where he's hot and Levine goes cold, I think Smith would interchange him. I think sure. he'd flip him out. Um, right now, Zach's really hot at the shooting guard. Totally. 
Yeah, I think he even tried, uh, I think last week uh, against Dallas, I think they started the first half with Levine, and they started the second half with, with Boz. So, yeah, he, the hot hand. He's in the mix, too, for sure. But, yeah, right now. But he does have a bobblehead. <laughs> there, are, there are five bobbleheads being released this year, and uh, right now they are our starting lineup. <laughs> it's interesting how that's As gone. As it was foretold. Yeah, it's interesting how that's gone because, you know, yeah, again, with Kevin Martin, you know, being, you know, he was a guy who was, you know, potentially going to be a starter at the beginning of the season and never really got that chance but that's another you know reason why we are where we are now those guys have all moved on at this point but this new look wolves it's not like last year where yeah the lineup that we we're getting in march and april was who are these guys a lot yeah. of 10-day contracts <laughs> although there is a 10-day contract we'll talk about yeah. in a minute but it's not like last year where i felt like oh look at this lineup this is a play out the strain lineup i've actually like enjoy watching the minutes that core five that bobblehead five yeah. core <laughs> i like the minutes they have together i like it, to yeah. see how they develop together how it feels like you're watching the future it feels like whatever development's happening and chemistry is being built, like that's going to carry over. So yeah, it seems like the best combination of like development and who who is playing well right now. So they, they got a good thing going right now. And hey, get those guys a minute. I'll watch it for the next two months. Here. You yeah. know, I, I was tough to watch some April Timberwolves games last year because when it's like. Levine and Wiggins are the only two guys you know that are playing. Yeah, I mean, Levine's still the only guy who, you know, makes you hit yourself uh, from time to time in the game. Smack your forehead every now oh, and yeah. then in the game. But off the ball, not as much. So there's lots. it's lots less problematic. They're just a terrible defensive team now is the only only side effect of this, like, changed starting lineup, I would say. The Tayshaun Prince removal effect. Ooh, especially KG, Got too. Got off the cliff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so now they're bad at defense. But, you know, we're getting the right guys at the right minutes. And, and so I think it's I think it's for the best. But yeah, speaking of 10-day contracts, the Wolves signed a player, new player on the team. The most generic NBA name. Yes, probably in the league. I mean, there's That's what I was trying to think. There's probably, probably some contenders. Well, but I feel like, you know, yeah, there's a couple of similar ones. So we're talking about new Timberwolf, Greg Smith. Get Greg to know Smith. Him. But Josh Smith is pretty plain, too, if we're talking about yeah, the it, most. It's hard, it's hard to be the Smith. Yeah, it's <laughs> so plain. Hard to, hard to be the Smith in the, in the plain name category. Yeah, you know, even maybe Wes Johnson. Wes yeah. Johnson's yeah, uh, Wes is a cool name. I yeah, guess, Johnson. Uh, yeah, Evan Turner maybe. <laughs> Pretty plain name. Yeah, there there could be some other ones out there. But Greg Smith, he's a Timberwolves player now. It's very odd to be signing a 10, 10 day guy. I mean, I think it's a good move for the Wolves and it's something they should do right now. But it's odd in the sense of there were like twenty five guys who played for the team last year. Yeah, uh, and there were so many ten days and so many like quick get this guy in here, quick uh, injury replacements. And this is like the first one for this year, and it's kind of kind of interesting. That is true. Usually, we, we it's late in the season. We played to get to know that Timberwolf a lot more times. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how it's like sort of like a you know yeah it's so late in the year. And this well, is, it speaks to the roster continuity, but I think yep. it also speaks to more than anything. Arnie Kander just health. keeping our guys healthy. Yeah, except he couldn't do it for everyone. That's why KG and Pack are probably out for the season now. Right. At which point we need to start getting some bigs, and that's why Greg Smith looks good. He looks Here like he a is. big body. He looks like he. Uh, you know, he gets physical with people from the one game I watched with him last yeah. night. He's got one. He's got one game with the Wolves, uh, so you know he's he's getting it going. He's a five-year vet. Played uh, college at Fresno State. He was undrafted, I believe, in uh, 2011. Um, you know, he played for the Rockets a couple of years ago. That was kind of like his best stint. 
Um, but yeah, he was up in the Raptors 905 system, and and we'll see what he's got now. I mean, you'll probably need more than just the 10 days. We'll probably sign him to a couple 10-day contracts. and You can sign him to two 10-day contracts, okay, after yeah. which you have to sign him for the rest of the season. I can see that happening, up. especially since after, KG's yeah, probably, 20, well, probably done, and you know, both KG and Peck are almost certainly done for the season. Belly hopefully comes back soon. And 20 days from now, there'll be less than a month of the season yeah, left for the Wolves yeah. anyway. So, so get used like, to Greg Smith, folks. Yeah, if he keeps playing with the energy, I mean, he was playing with the energy of a guy who knows he's only signed for 10 days last he got some hustle last and that's night. his job too. come in there set hustle. some picks roll to the hoop get G- fouled give gorgian cat a little rest we were playing him a yeah. lot of minutes yeah <laughs> gotta get Gorgie Gorgie had a personal issue he was gone for he almost missed uh wednesday night's game and right that would have been crazy so so yeah so uh we got an extra big in the house um you know we'll, we'll see what happens you know maybe he plays well enough to see himself in training camp next year that's probably you know the ceiling of what we can expect from greg smith right now is that he plays really well and then we take another look at him next year what do you think about that extra roster spot now now that we got, yeah, we got uh, Kmart extra. bought out we got an extra spot yeah we'll we got see. Greg Smith taking a big you want to you want to sign Jimmer you want to sign Jimmer to a 10 day Jimmer for debt you know Jimmer get the, Jimmer get the bros into the <laughs> I always think about like like just people you know remembering him from college or something like yeah, that's his thing up. right like college BYU. bros love Jimmer like that's what I think of but yeah he was uh I think in the Spurs system this year for a little bit and and bouncing around the league. Yo, we need where, shooting. Hey, where's, where's Lorenzo we'll Brown at? You. Yeah, Low Brown, where you at? You in Europe already or what? Where can uh, we, might, where can we get Suns? you? I think he's on a different team. Come yeah, on. he might be already you know claimed by somebody for the end of the season. But yeah, we have 14 players right now. We could we could use a 15th. Again, just get a look at somebody in some NBA action to potentially bring back next year. That'd be that'd be nice. I don't have any ideas for names. You got Lorenzo Brown. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Jim, uh, Jimmer. Yeah. Jimmer, who Let knows? Who knows? knows? We'll see. Let's get someone with shooting. Let's do that. We'll, we'll we'll provide you all the fun details of every new Timberwolf as they come. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about lawsuits. Scott. lawsuit came out today. A class action lawsuit suing against the Timberwolves. This is uh, this is your um, this podcast is a Timberwolves podcast, but we moonlight on uh, legal action. Oh know? yeah. We we uh, dun, dun, we're, dun, dun, dun. we're experts in the legal field. We know what these words Order mean. Order in the court. <laughs> this is Tim Rolves the podcast in court. Dun dun dun. Yeah, exactly. Today's case is the people of Minnesota versus the Minnesota Timberwolves for using flash sheets, an app that has a lot of people not liking it. Yeah, so uh, there's to a class be fair, this is lawsuit. something that is also happening in New York. The New York Attorney General is looking into oh, really? the New York Yankees for doing the exact same thing. Huh. Yeah, only the Yankees... Uh, Different service, though? Not flash seats? Not flash something seats. Similar something it? similar. And the difference is the Yankees presidents are a lot more transparent, saying like, you know, our rich fans don't like people who uh, don't <laughs> pay for the value of the ticket to be sitting next to them. Yeah. And so he's just like, we don't want our rich clientele to have to sit next to the bleacher folk. <laughs> it's kind of like what he was saying. Uh, the just commoners. Come, yeah, kind of coming out and saying it. And it's even crazier at Yankee Stadium because, you know, you pay thousands for seats in the lower level. And yeah, like, really. You know, 50 <laughs> bucks for an outfield seat. But that's so, a crazy economic place. But So I read this lawsuit today, and t- from what I can suss out of it, the main points of contention here are that, you know, there are some ent- there are people who are angry that Flash Seats basically has come into play, and the team, they're basically saying, we signed up to renew our season tickets for this year's team, and then in the meantime, over the summer, you guys implemented this system that we didn't know about. You didn't tell us about it before we renewed. You waited until it renewed, yeah. and then you'd flame, you flipped the game. You changed the rules right yes. after we renewed without telling <laughs> us, and you made it so that our tickets are worth less is yes. what it, it really is. Because when you can't 
sell them for what you want and it, it hurts your ability to sell them and so they're worth less because it has to constrain to the rules that the Timberwolves have artificially put in place. Right, so if you were trying to sell your tickets on flash seats, you have to, there are limits within how much you can, how low you can go with that price and that is a 75% of the value limit is how I understand it, which is really crazy to me that is I like actually I actually enjoy um, the flash seats experience in general and like having not having paper tickets but I really think it's lame that they do the 75% thing that is that is it's really hurt a lot of cool it's not cool it's hurt a lot of season ticket owners who signed up thinking they would be able to sell their tickets to recoup some of the cost and then finding themselves unable to do so because nobody's going to pay 75% of the t- ticket price to see this, uh, let's be honest, lottery team, yeah. this very bad team. Yeah. Uh, we, we love watching them because th- this is like, you know, when you've watched garbage for 10 straight years, like the top, of the, garbage pile, the, top of the garbage pile <laughs> seems pretty good in, re- in relation. But yeah. you're paying to see like, you know, a team that's going to lose, you know, eight out of every 10 games. Yeah, totally. This isn't a problem. Flash seats, I don't think, is too big of a problem with teams that are winning teams. I think, uh, you know, Dan Gilbert of, of the Cleveland Cavaliers um, has an ownership stake or somehow started this this flash seats business, actually. So the Cleveland Cavaliers use flash seats. But they I think have the other Utah, options, too. They the, don't restrict it all within, like, the Timberwolves are way more restricted. Oh, really? Okay. Because the Timberwolves, okay. like, have no paper tickets at all. Yeah. Anyway. And, and, I, I and the Utah Jazz options. also use that. I think those are the three NBA teams that use this. And, you know, there are two good teams in those. And uh, there's one bad team in, in, in that category. So it is, this is a problem for sure. In response to exacerbated the lawsuit, by their win-loss record. In response to the lawsuit, Timberwolves president Chris Wright said, Flash Sheet gives our ticket holders the maximum possible convenience and complete control over their Timberwolves and Lynx tickets. That's a straight lie, Chris Wright. It doesn't give you complete control over your tickets because you're not allowed to sell your tickets for less. That's not convenient when you only can use their app. You can't use whatever service you want to use. Say you you think Craigslist is easier. Say you think Flash or StubHub is easier. But that's not if it's it's he says it's for the ticket holders convenience. Well, it's not really for your convenience if you have to use their app. Yeah, more options. There's would no be more control. Convenient. So I'm saying Chris Wright. Don't lie to us. Just come out and say, like, I understand you got to put a you got to put a smile on this. You got to defend your practice. And I think there's an honest argument that he could come out and make and just say, hey, our season ticket holders told us that they felt like they shouldn't be buying season tickets when StubHub made it so you could come into the game for half the price. They realized that's what I told them when we canceled our season tickets. Right, right. I said I could get every one of these games cheaper on StubHub. And so instead of making their product better, instead of making coming to the game worth a more valuable experience, instead they just eliminated the competition. They just said, that's taking the wrong advice. Like Instead of making their game more valuable, instead they just took away the market. Which is why it's an insult when Chris Wright comes out and says that we're trying to make sure that our tickets are not completely undervalued by the market. The market sets the price, man. That's the problem. That's I have your with valuation this, with this statement. Yeah, is is to you know un- make sure the tickets are not completely undervalued by the market. Is the market is will not, set the price? It's not something you have in your control. I mean, under what that means is these. We think these are undervalued. In our opinion, these are undervalued. Where well, what you you know obviously like what you just said is the market sets that value, and and you can't control that necessarily. You can control it by making the team better and improving experience. We've said it. I've said it a couple of times on this pod. I went to that free scrimmage this summer, sold out. Most fans <laughs> I've ever seen in the Target Center, except yeah. for a Lynx game. Lines out the building. It was insane, and it's 
it's because it was free. A lot of people want to see these players. There's a lot of excitement. Yeah. But you have crowded out a whole economic like subsection of the city and said, you can't come to these games. And not only that, we've now taken away the only avenue where you could have gotten some cheap tickets, maybe. They'd rather have an empty stadium than to sell their tickets for less than 75%. Yep. Because, like, I watch these games. This is the lowest attendance the Timberwolves will ever have had. This is a franchise record for low 29th attendance. 29th in the league. Yeah, and this, I mean, for their whole history, though. Mm, yeah. That's, that shouldn't be when you're having, like, an exciting young player in Towns and Wiggins and stuff. Yeah, you got you to like, keep how, those how prices that 75%. That's the reason why. You know, there'd be more people in the building uh, paying way less, but you know, you'd get more bodies in those seats if you didn't uh, limit the prices that the secondary market could use. So, you know, after reading the, the lawsuit, there's a problem I have with the, with the filing of the lawsuit, and that is that, you know, Flash Seats does not limit you in the way that I think the, the lawsuit lays out. And what I mean by that is, while that really is the only, the only way to sell in an app or on a website is through Flash Seats. You can no longer list your tickets on something like StubHub. But that doesn't stop you from taking money from someone and then sending them the ticket. You just can't use Flash Seats the whole way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the like, basically, when we buy tickets, seats. I buy the tickets, and then you pay me uh, via something like PayPal. Right. So you're not using Flash Seats to pay me, and then I send you the ticket for free. Right. And I see that a lot on Craigslist, too. The way to get around this is the normal Craigslist method, which is you meet up with somebody, or you email someone, they send you money on an external service, PayPal, and then you send them the ticket. Straight up so there free. is still a way to charge more or less than what uh, excuse me the flash seats will allow you to do, but you kind of have to do it in a roundabout way. So it's it's weird because it's it's like it's technically you can get around it, but um, but I think that maybe the argument in the lawsuit is that. The rules were changed after the season ticket. That's their main argument for sure. Yeah, like, yes. The game we didn't shifted. know about this, and we maybe wouldn't have bought our tickets if we knew about this. Right. It's, uh, it's one thing for us when we're <laughs> buying our tickets come and go. Yeah, piecemeal. But like some of these guys that filed, they spent like 30 grand on oh, their yeah. season tickets. Lots so. of money happening. So we'll see how this lawsuit gets figured out and what will happen. I think we'll see some sort of change. I would like to see I would like to see them keep flash seats, but eliminate the whole uh, financial the constraints, uh, and especially like the percentage of how low you can go with the prices. Get rid of that. I thought last year was you know? really good how it works. Yeah. I like their resale ticket market they had last year. We went to yeah. a lot of games using their official service because they didn't put these price constraints. So I'd say take out that sales floor and that's the, that's the easiest way to solve this. Totally. Scott, let's talk about scoreboard races. From our main boy, Zach Lowe, <laughs> we hang out with on the weekends. Our good friend. <laughs> good friend. Close personal friend of the podcast. Yeah. Zach Lowe. You should be reading his stuff if you don't already. Every Tuesday, I, his articles are really, really long, so I don't have always the time to read them. Sometimes I have to bookmark yeah, break them up. Back. Break them up. Because he really gets into the analytical stuff. Yeah. That's great. It really helps me understand how modern NBA is happening. Yep. But the 10 things I love and hate at the bottom, I always read those right away because yeah. they're just such bullet point. He writes Pieces a big fun. column and then at the bottom, 10 things I love or hate. One of the things he loved this week was the scoreboard races. <laughs> he wrote, you could stop a war by flying a jumbotron over the battlefield and showing some kind of cartoon race. They inspired a childlike excitement lying dormant somewhere inside Nobel Prize winning chemists, arch criminals, and everyone in between. <laughs> arch criminals. <laughs> okay. A little bit of poetry from yes, NBA writer yes, Zach yes, Lowe. Yes. We have one. We saw one recently at a recent game we went to. It was a Mario Kart spinoff. <laughs> with uh, Wolves players. A Rubio Kart. Rubio Kart. 
And it's great. They got Andrew Wiggins in there. I mean, none of them look actually like the players very well. They could do a better job at yeah, that. Yeah. But it's funny. They use the sound effects of the game. They have yeah. the guys like driving through downtown Minneapolis. Yeah. And, Collecting uh, items. Very charming, I think. Yeah. I think it, it ranks highly. Yeah, um, it's a good race. I like the Target Field one, too, where they at Target Field, for the Twins, they have, you know, like uh, Bullseye, the Target mascot, oh, yeah. racing a loon, racing a mosquito. I, you don't really see that in NBA arenas where you have, like, the mascot suit races, where uh-huh. there's a lot of NBA, or, I mean, excuse me, baseball parks that do this. They have the mascot president's race in Washington. They have the sausages and kielbasa's race in Milwaukee. Yeah, not as much space in an NBA arena to do such a thing. Right, Unless they, so, like, did the concourse, but then not everyone's watching, so... Yeah, I remember I like when we were a lot younger going uh-huh. to KG Target Center ones, the games was like a red ball and like a blue ball and a yellow sure. ball. And they I, were given like the googly eyes and every section there, your ticket would be like, you have the red ball. I think it was a tires plus. Yeah. Tires plus. That's what, what it was. was. <laughs> yeah. And then man, you would have it, like everyone like, in the upper level had like yellow. So everyone would be cheering yellow. And but you're just why, at that point. And what it is now is you're just watching the scoreboard. You're watching a video of player of things racing. No, but are you saying there were, there were tire mascots. Oh, racing? Well, I don't know. Okay, I remember now, the video. Listen, there was video one year. Yeah. And then another year that ended with like them racing to the target Coming center. On the court. On the video screen. Then yeah. they came on the court of the tire mascot. So the race took place on the around. screen, but the finish took place on the court. I always love when a pre-recorded thing <laughs> turns into a live thing where they imply that it was going straight from the street into the arena. Brilliant. Let's bring that back. That's what I love. So I love the Mario Kart thing, but yes. let's, let's, let's turn it into something where the carts come into the place or something like that at the end. I, I think the Wolves, you know, obviously it's custom made, so it's like no other team can can do Rubio, Rubio Kart. You know, I like that, in, including the players that are on the team now. That's a good idea. You know, I, thinking, I appreciate that. Maybe you can do, work in the mascot somehow. They might have to update a little bit. They're going heavily off Mario Kart 64, I noticed, which is <laughs> yeah. a game that a lot of these guys were born after at this point. So... <laughs> Not not exactly, but pretty close. I think like Wiggins was like two when Mario Kart sixty four came out. So yeah, <laughs> maybe we have to update it to a little more current of a game. Yeah, it could be super. You know, they didn't go too far back, but yeah. I mean, there's been many every generation Mario has a Mario then. Kart. That's the good thing about it. You know, they keep yeah. remaking that same game over and over. Lots again. of Mario Karts in the house, but yeah, we we like our Let's Mario Kart. We'll see. We'll see what we get next year for for the racing uh, arena racing thing. More of it, please. I love it. You guys, we have a sponsor this week, as we do every week. Uh, this week's sponsor, their season's about to start in a couple months, actually. Not, it's not it's not that close, but it, it's kind of close. It's time to start thinking about it. It's the Minnesota Lynx. Ooh-wee. Minnesota Lynx basketball. We have a dynasty on our hands. Oh, so many titles in the house. So many great players. You guys really need to try to get to some Minnesota Lynx basketball games this summer. Can't recommend it enough. It's really weird to go to a basketball game and just with an overwhelming certainty that you're going to win. <laughs> like, you're just feeling super comfortable with the knowledge that you're going to win. You could walk in there being super boastful. You can tell your friends, you want to come see the Lynx win with me? Because you know they're going to. And even when it looks like they won't, they usually come back at the last minute and win it anyways. You've never walked into Target Center with this kind of confidence before. And the energy is so alive everyone there knows when it's the right time to cheer uh-huh. you, you think like going to nba games uh, like oh yeah nba fans are pretty good at cheering at the right time <laughs> you go to a Lynx game you'll actually see that they are watching every whistle 
every, you know, basket, everything. They, like when a bench player who's been injured, you know, gets in and scores for the first time in a month and the crowd goes wild, you know, they pay attention to little things. Absolutely. It's a great basketball crowd. Uh, a lot a of young families. Family crowd, for sure. Uh, very attentive to the game and also attentive to, you know, in between the game. Uh, in the timeouts, they're always watching the scoreboard or participating with what's going on the court. Uh, so it, it's a really fun atmosphere and better than anything else, they're a winning franchise, champions. a winning program. Support your champions. champions. You got some of the best athletes in the, in the world. You, I mean, Maya Moore is, is amazing. Uh, a Hall of Famer already. MVP, um, Miles MVP. Maya's what it's Rookie all about. Of the year. I mean, if, if you go for nothing else, Maya Moore. See greatness in action. See greatness. You can see these ladies really compete um, every night. The league is is really chalked with talent right now. Even the you know the opposing teams you know who might not be as, as great as the dynasty of the Minnesota Lynx still got great players coming out. Tickets Amazing. are affordable, and in the summer, the air conditioning oh, yeah. in the Target Center feels great. Yeah, so check out the Minnesota Lynx. They're kind enough to sponsor us in their in their in their marketing campaign uh, for their upcoming season. They're giving us back all the T-shirts they took away during their first championship. <laughs> they confiscated. Run. Fan T-shirts from us uh, once upon once upon a time, um, but that's okay. They, they're, they're winning titles. It's okay. We don't hold that against them. We still like to go to games and hang. Yeah, Rebecca, and stuff. Rebecca Brunson <laughs> asked us where she could find our T-shirts, and we're like, well, right. probably somewhere in the Target Center. There's probably a box of them floating around. Jim Peterson coaches. You know, the great Jim Peterson is one of their coaches, and it's great to root him on. Cheryl Reeves. And Hall of Famer right there. Hopefully a future Timberwolves coach right there, Cheryl Reeves. That'd be awesome. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so go see your links. All right, and up next, we have Mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mu- 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 mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mu- 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 mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo. This segment's called Mailbag. So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know. There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show. Yeah, send us your letters, send us your messages, send us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Mailbag time. Two questions for you today. Thanks for sending in your mail, everybody. Appreciate it. You know. Whoa, we got a burp. Sick man on the mic. We got a burp and we got a cough, you guys. Oh, it's okay. Sorry, it's okay. Everyone. He's doing his best right now. I'm just now. being real. He's doing his best on the mic. I'm just being Miley. We got uh, we got two mailbag questions for you. The first one comes to us from CJ Wilson. He uh, he is uh, asking us about some off season moves. Came in through our website where you can ask us questions. Timberwolvesthepodcast.com. Man, CJ's on top of it. He just went to our website, clicked on the contact page, filled it out, and now we're reading his question on I'm, the air. I'm pretty sure this is not Angel's starting pitcher, uh, CJ Wilson, but I'm gonna I'm gonna act like it is. Yeah, baseball it, fever. It, He's prob- probably, it probably isn't, but let's not rule it out. Right. So he's got a lot of spring training, extra hours right now to just lay around, listen to pods. He's a Wolves fan. He writes, I know the league is moving smaller. Towns is great outside shooter. Why not target Hassan Whiteside? Should we make him our main target? He writes, defense is the weakest area for the team. True. Uh, I think true. that is piece number four. Okay, so we're talking about uh, who we might go after. This offseason, Hassan Whiteside is uh, uh, unrestricted free agent, I think. Um, yep, he is going so. to get paid a lot of money, and um, that's okay. Guy. I mean, those are the types of players I think the Wolves need to be looking at, someone who is super young, 
um, and you know is coming into their own. And even if the, it's a max deal, um, which I think technically the Wolves can afford and still you know give their guys who they're looking to give max deals to, like Wiggins and Towns going forward. So I think you know we might have space for someone like that. Scott, what do you think about Whiteside? He's, is he is he someone you'd like to see on the Wolves? I love this idea. I haven't heard this idea floated before. Me so either. thank yeah. you, CJ. A I lot wasn't of times, thinking, of, th- thinking about it. A lot of times, uh, a lot of people on Twitter have been thinking about having a stretch four to put with Towns. So in that case, instead of having Towns be that stretch four who's out at the three point line, you have Towns be the anchor who is in by the rim. He's pretty good at shot blocking, pretty good at rim protection. So I think. That's what a lot of people have thought, but this is suggesting something else. This is suggesting pushing Towns to the outside because he's got that skill. Exactly. He's got the versatility. Yep. And so what... Then you bring in the big. A big defensive big. (sighs) Hassan's interesting. He's he's a character, you know? There's been a lot of... Conflicting reports. I'd never know how much reports to put or weight to put into a report about somebody's like locker room presence or issues because you don't know a guy, but... You know, Glenn Taylor has pretty clearly had a no head cases rule for several years now, so I'm not sure if he's going to give a huge contract to a guy who might be a head case. Yeah, that's that's tough when you had someone who, you know, is is seemingly I don't know. You know, we're saying we're saying you know, head case is about as bad as it gets. We talked about, talk about him, but lots of technical fouls, lots of off. I don't know about too many off court issues, but maybe Club a couple things stuff, here yeah. and there. But yeah, just more, yeah, exactly, more clubhouse things. But so it's interesting to think about. Because, regardless whether or not, oh, I'm sorry. I, well, I, I was going to say, is, and we've said it before, is, you know, as long, and Bill Simmons says this, is you just can't have two. You can have one yeah. of those guys, but you can't have two. And I don't think we, I think we have I, zero I think right, we're good now. right now. So yeah. he could be our one. That's true. I do think <laughs> there's some truth to that. Um, it would, I think, regardless of uh, off court stuff, because who knows who he is. Yeah. I think you should just think about what kind of style of play that would commit us to. It would commit us to being a little bigger, um, which could be the way to counteract all these small lineups where you have lineups where you have Towns at the four, Hassan at the five. You have Gorgie coming off the bench, and so you always have a big guy. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. I haven't really thought about that. Usually I'll admit that I think about the future being Towns at the five of all these small ball lineups the Wolves can run. What if the Wolves ran, you know? Levine, Wiggins, uh, Muhammad, and Towns with yeah. Ricky, you know? Wow, yeah. That kind of small ball death lineup that the Warriors are using to a great effect and that you see other teams like the Trailblazers using well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, for me, I am more of a Harrison Barnes uh, is the guy we should go after. That's the, For me, that's number one. But I don't necessarily think that we need to follow the league trends all the time. I think kind of something that Mark Cuban wrote about a couple of years ago is to really zag when the league is zigging, maybe, you know, yeah. go the other way and try to, you know, especially if you're not going to win now, small ball is in right now. That's what's hot right now. That's what the Warriors are doing. They're going to win the title this year, possibly, and maybe for a while longer. But when the Wolves are ready to contend, you know, maybe, you know, the legal kind of the pendulum will swing back. So I think, you know, I don't have an adverse reaction to a big guy like that, or and especially when they play such great defense. That's always going to be something you need on the floor. I think so the future Whiteside is a great defender. I think the future is Towns exactly. in the sense that, like, yeah. you have a big the, who has all the skills, like, like Anthony Davis. You have a big who has all the skills of a guard. You can pass, dribble, run an offense, that kind of thing. Um, so in that sense, I guess his son isn't the most skilled big. He's 
a ferocious blocker, a great rebounder, you know, and you yeah. can roll hard to the rim. And there's a great value in signing like a Tyson Chandler type like that. Um, but he's he's not maybe he's not the future of the league, especially like are, do we want to commit ourselves to a big who's going to get hacked? Yeah, not, I mean, hopefully they'll change that rule. Adam Silver is saying yeah. they're going to change the rule. Yeah, that's another thing we have to be like. Well, now we get to watch a team where there's hacka somebody. You know, <laughs> all these free throws. Hassan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just as a personal level, I don't want like that happening on my team. Thanks for your question, Great CJ. Question, though. Next question comes to us from our pal Jared. Uh, JP Jacobs. Jared uh, writes, I saw uh, Damian Rudez at the Springsteen concert last night at XL Energy Center. What concerts would you recommend to other Wolves players? Awesome. Super fun. Good question. Okay, so we looked at uh, upcoming shows coming to the Twin Cities. These are shows. These aren't like hypotheticals. These are things that our guys could actually go check out locally. Right. Yeah, we always, you know, these guys have off days. These guys uh, have musical interests. They're young. Uh, kids just like, uh, you know, kids are into music and now I saw old. Yeah, I love that, I love that Rudez was at the Springsteen show. That's awesome. Uh, Springsteen, I think, is, is, you know, very universal, right. young and old, you know, uh, multicultural possibly. I mean, obviously skewing white, but, you know, I think lots of people get into Springsteen. So that's a, that's a hard one to sort of pigeonhole. I think Dave Benz was there too, actually. I think hey. I saw him tweeting. I like you saw, I saw yeah. him tweeting. So. You got to go see the boss well, playing for three hours straight. I think all these arenas, <laughs> these concert arenas, people like share some tickets and oh, stuff too yeah. so i think like target center staff could probably <laughs> get hooked up by some excel i'm get, speculating here yeah getting some trades happening here okay scott you start us off uh, first who do we got first oh one of my favorite minneapolis artists on the come up right now is alan kingdom he's got a new album out that's for free it's Ooh. weird it's on spotify it's not on title i'm still getting used to all these different <laughs> music service things where do i have to be to yeah. listen to this it's a free download so just sure. download it yeah. alan kingdom northern lights he's coming up very exciting you might have heard him on all day with kanye west mm. And I think Tyus has got to, you know, start that connection. Both okay, of them so are Tyus getting, Jones going to see Allen. Yeah, we got both young Minnesota kids. Both of them are getting up to bigger and better things right now. I think the two of them should, you know, hook up. Maybe Tyus can be in a music video. <laughs> Allen can be sitting courtside. Yeah. You know, let's get something like that going. That's right. Allen King is playing First Avenue on it's March 11th, you guys. Go check go check him out. Allen Kingdom next March one. March 11th? That's like a week from now. Coming up. It's next Ooh. week. They're on their way to South by Southwest, so go, go awesome. check that out. Uh, Ricky Rubio, I think, would enjoy himself possibly at the Minnesota Opera. His good pal, uh, Pau Gasol, um, you know, said when he re-signed in, or excuse me, when he signed in Chicago last year, that uh, you know he really liked the fact that Chicago had an opera that he could go check out. So I'm just assuming that maybe Ricky also enjoys himself some some singing and do some. You, do you remember the trade uh, the trade rumors madness with Powell at the trade deadline? But <laughs> he started following the Sacramento opera. <laughs> I did not. And everyone took it as a sign he's going to Sacramento. He started following oh, yeah, the opera yeah, on this Twitter. year. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's great. What a good one. What a good little move to do. I uh, like that. Trolling. Yeah. So I can see Ricky like sitting in the opera box with like the little <laughs> tiny binoculars. You know. Like looking, I love it. All right, next up we got KG Mob Deep. Mob Deep, he's that old school hip hop. You know that's what KG's into. He's probably got them all on his cell phone. Early '90s stuff. You know he's not got an iPhone though. He's got him in like a flip phone. He's got you know from the it's like he's early iPod 2000s. Classic. Yeah. So <laughs> they're at Amsterdam Bar and Hall. That's in downtown St. Paul. Yeah, it's on April place. 5th. They but, have a, a lot of like fun like Belgian beers on tap. Yeah, I bet I bet you'll see KG there jamming to some mob deep, you guys. They have some like good fries. Mm-hmm. Like come with like uh, yeah. <laughs> some really cool dipping sauces. 
Uh, next one is uh, sort of a regional reference. Uh, you, uh, Zach Levine, who he might want to go check out in concert in Minnesota. Well, we have uh, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis coming to town June 8th at the Target Center. At the those, Target Center. Those guys are from Seattle. Zach is from Seattle. You know Zach They're is probably a gym pals. rat. Yeah, Zach's a gym rat. He's already in there shooting. They're going to have to say, hey, we got to get rid of the court to set up the stage. You, you got to stop, kid. And, uh, you know, he's just going to snag some tickets and go to the show. Well, I... I was thinking about concerts these guys would want to go to. They all live around the Target Center. Sure. Nobody wants to travel more than two blocks to get to the <laughs> arena every day. So I'm not going to St. Paul. They all live with, yeah, exactly. They all live within like the radius, except for KG, who's got a house out yeah. there. On the lake. <laughs> so they're all going to want to go to concerts at the Target Center. That way they can drink at their apartment. They that got way the they hookup. They can they bring can their walk pals. to the game. Yeah. yeah, they don't have to pay for the outrageous prices <laughs> or for parking or anything like that. Yeah. Like I said, they probably could go to their locker sweet. room underneath the Target Center. They go in the clubhouse and you know take a shower before the concert, during the concert if they want yeah, to. Yeah, show it off to their friends. I like it. Yeah, and so I was thinking, though, which... NBA jersey is Macklemore going to come out wearing? Like, I imagine he's playing in an NBA arena. He's going to be wearing a Timberwolves jersey. Whose jersey? Is it going to be right. Wiggins? It's going to be Cat. And then I realized it's going to be Levine. They got that Seattle connection. That's right. Two That's kids right. from Seattle. <laughs> Absolutely. What's the next one, Scott? Oh, the very next day. You, what a musical collision of a weekend at the Target Center. Don't leave town. We got June 8th, Macklemore. June 9th, Andrea Bocelli, Ooh. who was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this week. <laughs> Shout out. And I just learned his blind yeah. while I was doing research for this podcast. He's Doesn't got a great stop voice. Him from singing. We sell tons of his CDs uh, online at our e commerce web stores because everyone loves his critically acclaimed multi platinum selling opera voice, his tenor, his Ooh, deep tenor. Three tenors, right? Such, such a sexy voice singing in Italian. I think Pekovic is the kind of old soul. He's a softie at heart. Yeah, he's going to like some classical. Yeah, I think he's just going to be overwhelmed with the beauty of his voice. It's a crazy deal. He, this guy can hold a note forever. I mean, he's he's an incredible talent. He's still doing it. He's kind of super old, but he's still in demand, still filling arenas, apparently. The only problem is I can <laughs> see there's going to be like a lot of, uh, you know, like older ladies asking like Pekovic to move back. And they're going to be like, yeah. excuse me, sir, you're so tall. Yeah, you shouldn't Tall guy at a concert, you know, <laughs> tall guy problems. It's tough times. Always uh, going to happen to tall guys. Next one is, uh, you know, Coach Sam Mitchell. He's got to go to some shows to unwind from all the stress of being an NBA coach and dealing with these young kids. Uh, good show for him to go check out would be April 9th at XL Energy Center. We have Earth, Wind, and Fire co-headline with Chicago. Oh, man. That's so some a, That's the jam at night. Yeah, you got some like 70s and 80s like funk soul kind of stuff, some classic rock in there. You know, some some, harmonies. You know, I think it's just something from, you know, that Sam, you know, I, I can see him being an Earth, Wind, and Fire guy for sure. You know, I, I, some of them oldies. Oh, yeah. Some of them golden oldies playing up there. And then I could see that being a show he likes to go to. Yeah, he is going to have to go to St. Paul. Um, it's but, not too hard for him. Yeah, so I think he would enjoy that show for sure uh, right at the end of the season. Great way to unwind uh, and check out Earth, Wind, and Fire in Chicago. That's a little reward for their hard work this season. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. And then for everybody else, just a general catch-all, we recommend the sound set hip-hop festival that happens every single year. This year, actually, it's happening a little later. Usually, it's in April, I know, because I have to go for the current and work every single one. <laughs> it's usually rainy and stuff. It's usually a tough weekend, even you're though I love seeing this all the year, You're thankful that this year it's not in Canterbury Park in no, Shakopee. No, this year, it's, it's at the, the Minnesota fa State Fairgrounds. Which is way easier for all you <laughs> Minneapolis-St. Paul guys to come yeah, out and yeah. see it, because it's hard to get down to Shakopee, I understand. But it's got a great lineup this year. We got Atmosphere, ASAP Rocky, Future, The Roots, Common, Prof, Doomtree's going to be there. So many great hip-hop artists that I think like 
the NBA in general, these guys probably like hip hop. Yeah. Hip hop is pop music today. You it know? is, yeah. It's the most popular form. It's synonymous of music. for sure, and, and so, especially a lot of these you know young guys are in the league right now. They're liking that that uh, sing songy hip hop, the new stuff, and uh, that's what Soundset's going to give you. So I, I, I bet some of them are going to be attending uh, this summer. It's Memorial Day. Um, at the state fairgrounds, go check out. Say hi to me. I know that. I'll be working. I work Scott every single one. I'll be at the current booth. booth. Be at the current booth. It's it's tough going because the current is at a lot of events in Minnesota, but like yeah. this is the one time of year you can get like odd future merch or something like that. <laughs> so no one ever buys stuff from the current because it's like I'm going to go buy you know ASAP Rocky stuff because I never yeah. see his merch table. Yeah, and so it's a lonely day for I'll me. I'll see so you I'll come for the, the real booth. fair and come back and get some get some actual current merch. Right, exactly. Merch. Good. That is mailbag for us, you guys. Make sure you're sending in your questions for us for next week's show. Tweet at us at Wolvescast or do like CJ did. Go to our website. Send in a question there. We will read it on the show. It'll be a good time. Um, up next, we have Better Know an Old School Wolf. suggesting Google gives you when you enter the name of Marco Yarick into a search field is Marco Yarick wife. This is because the former NBA player was married to Victoria's Secret supermodel Adriana Lima from 2009 to 2014. Unfortunately, his brief celebrity marriage may have been more notable than his seven-year NBA career. Yarick, the 6'7 Serbian combo guard, was drafted with the first pick in the second round of the 2002 NBA draft by the Los Angeles Clippers. Before being drafted, Marco played in Europe at Virtuis Bologna in Italy. He was featured in a backcourt alongside Manu Ginobili, and at the time, scouts considered Yarick just as talented. However, after three short years, he had quickly lost his luster in L.A. Meanwhile, in Minnesota, the Timberwolves had made the Western Conference Finals in 2004, only to fail to qualify for the 2005 playoffs with almost the exact same roster. Sam Cassell was about to be 36 years old, had spent the last season injured, and wanted a big contract extension. Instead, the Wolves moved on from him. GM Kevin McHale traded for Yarick in a deal that sent Cassell and a protected first-round pick to L.A. The deal essentially marked the end of the competitive basketball for the Timberwolves franchise. The team had made the playoffs nine of the previous ten seasons, and since the trade, they have the longest current playoff drought in the NBA. Yikes. <laughs> Yark left the team in a trade almost as lopsided as the one that brought him here. O.J. Mayo, Antoine Walker, Greg Buckner, and himself for Kevin Love, Mike Miller, Brian Cardinal, and Jason Collins. Some things never change, and now you better know an old-school wolf. All right, everybody, up next we have Power Rankings. Power. 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 week scott power rankings we are going to rank crunch antics it's an appropriate topic for this week when we got some new mascot news oh yeah have you seen chuck the condor chuck the condor yeah it's a new clippers mascot very disney looking very disney looking i i say it's very average i like yeah it's not a disaster the way pierre the pelican were yeah the first pelican bird was was a nightmare and then the brooklyn knight was an even worse disaster (laughs) 
So yeah, in the great, it was so bad. Great Power world Ranger. of mascots. You got like it's easy to you know crap on the new design. I think it's impossible to release a mascot these days. You just can't. I mean, it's just you're 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 damned you're if you do, no damned if you don't. Yeah. Well, I think like maybe the way to do it. No one got too angry at the Sixers for Franklin because hey, it was so right. obviously a kids thing. Yeah. If you go so kids with it that it's like scholastic books. Yeah. You know, there people are gonna be like, okay, it's very kiddie. I think the thing with Chuck, I think Chuck is well designed. The only thing I think Chuck. is he's got he's got way too many like clothing on right now. It's like if Benny the Bull was introduced with yeah. like a backpack on and like a jacket and like pants and like you know, he looks a little bit like too much uh, gear, a little like Poochie from Itchy and Scratchy. You <laughs> Poochie. Know? That's got right. A little too much gear on. I think if you, you they just introduced the Condor and then kind of had him wear clothes at different occasions, like yeah. Maybe just the Condor in a jersey. I think like it would be a lot more inoffensive. Condor, especially with a team like the Clippers who don't have an easy way to do a mascot. Their their name is a boat. Yeah. So that, you know, what they choose is going to be kind of strange or whatever, or kind Zach of a Lowe, reach. Zach Lowe reported that uh, Robin Lopez's idea for their mascot was a baby, uh, like a seal, a seal dog wearing a, a sailor's hat, which I like. <laughs> okay, so that guy was thinking about mascots. Guy was thinking about crunch antics, the type of stuff crunch does during a game. And we want to rank those things. Start with number nine, the crunch snare drum. Mm-hmm. So he, Crunch will either get up on a big ladder behind the behind the basket, or he'll like go up into the suite level and like stand on a railing. Sometimes he stands on the backs of people's seats. Yeah, he'll get wherever it is and start slamming on a snare drum. I get worried um, for him. Sometimes it doesn't look like he has a spotter. I mean, he he could tumble and and it would just be a mess of drums and sticks and Crunch. So yeah, snare drum Crunch. That's that's pretty cool because it's uh, what I like about it is the surprise kind of comes out of nowhere. He's very sneaky, and then all yeah. of a sudden someone is slamming a snare drum very hard everyone gets clapping along it's very loud but that's number nine on our list I, I like it i don't like it when it's near me because it's too loud yeah it doesn't last long enough for like the work he puts in it i like i feel stressed out for him because he's always waiting for like the right time to do it you, you, yeah. like if somebody else starts doing like a defense chant he has to like stop it's weird yeah it's a little awkward so let's go to number eight, trampoline dunk. A classic. A classic. Every mascot has to do it. It's just yep. not cool anymore, really. Yeah. What, you saw Steve Ballmer do it, so really it's dead now. I just think like you see little kids and stuff do it, so it takes away a little bit from the oomph when yeah. you see Crunch do it. Granted, he's doing it in a giant suit. might be hard to see out of the head, so it adds a little bit of impressive factor. I think he gives those kids legitimacy when he's like the anchor on a, a lawn chain of bounce the ball off the ground trampoline dunks. Yeah, it's more of a slam squad game these days with more flipping and acrobatics acrobatics which you just can't do in a costume right. so he's kind of he's kind of got uh, left left behind the trampoline thing but that's okay you got to do it but it, that's why it's number eight on the list. yeah lots of other things uh uh like number seven slingshot bowling they'll this set is, up a bunch of garbage cans yeah garbage cans and pin formation in one uh one side of the court and then crunch uh you know kind of gets on a sitting scooter on the other side and gets slingshot into them it's always a strike Always a strike. Always a strike. Really fun. If it's not a strike, he'll climb over and knock it over. <laughs> I think I think the impact is not always what you want. It takes a while to set up, too. Like, they use the whole time out setting it up for the, you know, kind of seconds of payoff yeah. there. But it is funny when he hits them. It's just funny to watch a grown man fly into a bunch of trash cans. Yeah. All right. Number six on our list. Hasn't been done for a while, but we missed the days when Crunch would repel from the rafters, get the game started where he drops down center court all the way from the rafters on the top of the ceiling. Uh, yeah. Very dramatic. Uh, like it always it. feels like Secret Agent Crunch or something. Like yeah. he's got a mission impossible. If I remember right, he, he, he could be done where he would go through the scoreboard. 
right? Where it'd be like, you know, you could fit through the scoreboard. You could drop a line down through the scoreboard and you just repel the rafters through the scoreboard. I don't know if you can do that anymore because he hasn't done it in forever. Right. But. Well, maybe we'll keep an eye out for the new scoreboard <laughs> if they leave a hole for crunch yeah, in the middle. Yeah, they should. They should. That's through. a cool move. <laughs> or you can just free fall drop into like a pad, you know, or something like that. I miss the confetti they used to shoot, too. They used to shoot confetti after every win. That always felt what really a mess. cool as a what kid. What a mess. That's got to be the thing. It's got to be a complete mess. It's expensive to pay lots of people to clean that up. Afterwards. Oh, man. It was cool, though. As a kid, I loved it. <laughs> Number five, T-shirt toss. Another classic. This year, they or excuse me, last year, I think uh, they had the Gatling gun, you yep. know, so a couple. Birthday present for crunch. Yeah, you got a Gatling gun that, you know, shoots like 12 to 15 uh, T-shirts off. That's uh, very exciting. You also got the slingshot, uh, you know, that uh, Crunch fires. Got two helpers kind of holding either end, and then he fires those shirts up into the upper level. He uses his whole body, and you'll fall on Ooh, the ground. And yeah. <laughs> I love it, though, because he really launches those, you know. Sometimes Amazing. he launches them into the American flag, and Amazing. that's kind of cool. <laughs> Amazing to see how far they can go. Yeah, I think I, anything that gets the upper level crowd involved, I'm really happy about, because there's not yeah. nearly enough that gets shot up there for them to have fun with. Love. All right, number four on the list, Santa Crunch. This was mm. from this year. We had a game the day after Christmas that we oh, went yeah. to, and Crunch, it was like almost like a hunover Santa kind of bit where he had like his shirt was kind of opened up and yeah. messy, and yeah. he was like dragging. too much the day before. He, yeah, he was stumbling around dragging a bag of presents behind him on the ground, and yep. then he was just giving these leftover presents to people who were sitting courtside, but it was like a stapler or just like really weird like just office items that were laying around. <laughs> it was a good bit. I really liked it. Number three, Klondike Bar Challenge. This, uh, you know, is less of a crunch thing and sort of more of just a general timeout I miss type the of thing. Do Klondike Bar the Challenge was a sponsorship, uh, you know, opportunity that would happen. They would have, uh, you know, a lucky fan doing something uh, weird or unsightly, something difficult in order to, obviously, what would you do for a Klondike bar? Uh, that was the whole angle. You could you win know, the Klondike bar for your whole row. You have to eat something gross or do something you ridiculous. You have to stand there. Or, you have yeah. to dance for like two quarters. Yeah, and they don't do one, it anymore. One time they had a guy get a tattoo on the spot of Incredible. the Timberwolves logo. Incredible. But they don't do it anymore. You wish you'd come back, right? I, I love that every single game is something one. different. The like, fun one, yeah. It really was. Yeah, that, they that pushed was themselves. Cool they it, really yeah. pushed themselves to come up with some creative yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like fans could go and take like selfies with the person as he's dancing While for two quarters. Doing it, yeah. yeah. Oh man, that, you can't buy that kind of inner promotion. Come on, bring it back. That's let's, great. Let's go, Klondike. I will sponsor that. Sure. <laughs> All right, number two on our list: Crunch sledding down the stairs. Ooh, a good one. Only but a goodie. I especially like it when he uses like a toboggan, like kind of sled. <laughs> It just uh, it just seems like it never gets old. It's always fun. Yeah, yeah it does it once or twice a year. It's, but yeah, it's really the thing. You know, we've talked about other things that he really no longer does, like repelling from the rafters. This is something that has withstood the test of time. Keeps okay. doing it ever since never we were old. little kids. We've been watching Crunch slide down the lower level stairs onto a big pad. Yep, nice. Never gets old. Classic. All right, and number one, we've reached the top of Crunch Antics Power Rankings. Our favorite thing that uh, our lovely mascot Crunch does is prank, quote unquote, opposing fans. Or all of a sudden, hey, look on the Jumbotron. It's <laughs> this guy wearing, you know, we're playing against the Canes. He's wearing a Canes jersey. Boo. Boo. Playing like, you know, playing against the Bulls. He's wearing, well, everyone wears Bulls jerseys. That's yeah, a bad you can't one. tell at that point. Yeah. Playing against the Grizzlies. This guy's wearing a Gasol jersey. Yeah, so they target a fan who's typically, you know, planted in the crowd. Maybe he's not giving his Timberwolves girlfriend enough love in the kiss uh -huh. camp. Maybe he refuses to kiss her, and yep. then Crunch comes up and gives her a kiss, and then like sprays him with some silly putty. Yeah, there's usually um, food being dropped on the person, whether it's popcorn or a cake. Cake is good. Yeah, cake. Sometimes good they'll do this bit where like they'll bring 
uh, Timberwolves fan and a Heat fan down onto the court, <laughs> and they'll blindfold them, and there'll be like a bunch of money on the ground, and the Timberwolves fan will get on the ground, and he'll scoop up all this money, and then they'll blindfold the Heat fan and take away everything off the ground and leave the court, so it's just the Heat fan sitting at center court by himself, like going wild on the floor as the timeout ends, and all the players are coming back on the court. It's all about the humiliation. That's that's a classic <laughs> one. I love it though. I always wonder if it's set up. Most of the time, it is. Oh, I assume yeah. it almost always is. Oh yeah. But just that you always ask, do you think it's set up? Do yeah. you think that was a plan? It's great. Just a classic. We got to keep it going. Every time I see a fan now wearing another guy's jersey, I always wonder, is this going to be a skit later on? Yeah, keep this one going, you guys. This is a good good bit. We always like to see it. It's always fun. Again, it's always different every time, too. Like that one. Pranking opposing fans. Number one on our Crunch Antics power rankings. Let us know what you think of that. Let us know if we missed anything. There's probably some other ones that he still does that we didn't think about. Tell us your favorite Crunch moves. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's uh, get into our final bit, Scott. We're about, to, we're about to play a game. It is a game we call Draft Off. We are going to take turns uh, drafting Timberwolves players from their entire history, and then we'll see uh, who came up with the better five-man lineup. Scott, okay. um, should we do this like snake style? You yep. know, someone picks first and then fourth. Yep, I agree. <laughs> no, I, I was going to suggest we do that. I'm glad that you brought it up. Yeah, I was okay. waiting to surprise you with. Who's going to go first? You or me? Oh man, you, you want, want the one? You want the one and the four? We you should really. We three? should flip for it or something. All right, we'll flip for it. You call in the air, Scott. All right. Heads. What is it? What do you got? It's heads. It's heads. What I get do you the want? First pick. You I'm want taking one? the first pick. Okay, okay. You take it. You take it. You take I got it. Kevin Garnett. That's Scott. why the first pick matters. KG. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, after that, then, you know, I will, uh, you know, KG's off the board. I'm going to go. I'll go with Cat. Carl Anthony Towns. All right. <laughs> I can't complain. I'm in love uh, with him. I get number three as well. Yep. Uh, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take K-Love. I'll take K-Love. Smart. K-Love in the Smart. house. All right. You're next, Scott. That's a good one, too, right there. You're next. Who you want number four pick? We're each picking five. Um, I'm going to pick Steph Marbury. Oh. Just a killer. <laughs> Marbury going point guard yep. on this. I want. Uh, Wait, I get the five pick now, too. That's, oh. that's how snakes work, you know? Yeah, you're I get two in a row. Um, hmm. I probably shouldn't have claimed I wanted two in a row because I don't know who I'm going to pick next. Um, I'm going to take Big Al. Al. Al Jeff. Go Al Jeff. Okay. Al Jefferson. Marbury's off the table. Uh, I'm going to take Sam Cassell. All right. Smart. I like that Two move. S's, two L's. And we then... just talked about how when he got traded away for Marco, everything yeah. went to hell. <laughs> Is it me again? Yep. Sam Cassell. Um, I'll take Wiggins. Oh, man. Okay, jealous. cool. Now you get to you get to round out your team right now, Scott. You get to all round right. them all out. So Ricky's still on the board. Latrell Sprewell's still on the board. We got Googs. We got Zerbiak. Who you want? Okay, I'm going to go with... You get two. I'm going to take in Sprewell. Spree. Need, need a good Wayne there. Yep. So now I've got... Okay, let's see. Hmm. My last pick. It's close. But I can't let my main <laughs> man down. Michael Beasley. <laughs> Taking bees. bees. Super cool bees. Being super cool with it. All right. And oh, then. Oh, crap, though. I just put Beasley and Spreewell in the same locker room. Yeah, no. You got it. You got it too. <laughs> I'm going to take Rubio. Oh, my doomed. last one. You got, two, you got two boneheads. Oh, man. Two. I got Marbury as well, man. <laughs> yeah. Our locker room is screwed. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The totally. jailblazers up in here. Okay. So Scott's team KG, Marbury, Al Jefferson, Latrell Spreewell, and Mike Beasley. Good squad right there. And uh, for me, Carl Anthony Towns, Kevin Love, 
Andrew Wiggins, Sam Cassell, Ricky Rubio. Those are two good teams right there. Although the Wolves don't have a great like top twenty all time. Yeah, not like a great like some of the names we well, have. We here, left Gugliata. We left Wally. We left Leitner on the board. Kevin Mitchell. Martin was there. Pekovic was there. I thought about Peck, but I went with Al Jeff instead. Yeah. See, I feel like we got Al Jeff is back to the basket game. It's going to help my team out. We got KG, who in his prime could be just enough to take over. I mean, he's such a good defensive player. He'll make mm. up for where Al Jefferson can't. Yep. The only thing I worry about is a backcourt of Marbury, <laughs> Spreewell, and Beasley. Oh, my God. Someone's got to pass. Uh, that's that's going to be a problem. <laughs> I did not think. like I think that my team is uh, too too many head cases, a little too hard. And I think your team is a little too soft, you know? Yeah. You got Rubio running point. I got some got, passive people. Cassell at shooting guard. That's going to be interesting to see how that works. Right. Wiggins. I like Wiggins, but like you said, a little passive people. Just a little soft. I feel like it would be a really good game. It's kind of new school versus old school, I guess. Yeah, there you go. There it is. We got uh, we got draft off. Those are the those are the best players for the. Tell Wolves. us who you think you who win the <laughs> KG Marbury Jefferson Spreewell Beasley team versus the Cat Love Cassell Wiggins Rubio team. That's right. Good times. We did it. We drafted. We made teams. We made another podcast episode. We did it all. And you stuck around through all of it. So thank you. We appreciate it. Make sure uh, you head over to iTunes and uh, rate and review our show. Um, that helps us out a lot. And if you do that, and uh, if you like screenshot or just tell us about your review, we will send you an Alexi Shved t-shirt. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. Come on. You get a, you get a, a t-shirt featuring the name of a player who's no longer in the league. Neil um, designed it himself. It's yeah, great. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a nice uh, American Apparel t-shirt. So please leave us um, uh, a nice review, and that we would really appreciate that. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think next week, uh, next week or the week after, I've been doing some hardcore draft prep. Okay. I'm going to tell you all the college teams to watch during March Madness, which players to watch. March Madness is right around the corner, and we are going to have a top five pick. I can't wait. We should like Periscope that day or something. Are you watching (laughs) it with us? I'm in. Okay, because I'm taking the day off work. I know Jared's taking the day off. I'm in. Poland will probably take the day off. It'll be great. (laughs) Maybe we'll do a little Periscope thing for all of our friends that day. I love it. And you can follow along. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember to come to my trivia night. None of you have come. You should come just because I want to meet you. You know, Tuesday night, Darby's Pub. Every every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Darby's Pub or Darby's... Darby's Grill? What is it? Darby's Pub and Grill. But there it is. It's got them both. Yeah. You can get the grill and the pub yep. in there. It's fun. You'll see me in person. I'll be healthier. It'll be terrific. <laughs> so thanks for listening, everybody. Keep watching the Timberwolves. Keep believing in Ricky Rubio. And until next week, ponder this. If you want to go quickly, go by yourself. If you want to go farther, go in a group. <laughs>